Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. And be honest with me, guys. Which one of you is George Clooney? Which one of you is the other guy? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Fucking George Clooney. Hey, we <laughs> you're <want> George Clooney? <laughs> I want to be. No, you're, uh, you're Jacob. <sighs> yeah, probably. We watched From Dusk Till Dawn, a Robert Rodriguez classic. George, how you doing tonight, man? I'm... I have a shit grin from ear to ear, bro. It's fucking great. Awesome. And Travis, man, how you doing? Yeah. Uh I'm 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 amazing. Or should I call I you know. George? I mean, it's confusing. What? I can call you both George. <laughs> Dude. I I'm very excited to talk about this. <laughs> I was watching the movie and I'm like, George just he's either gonna absolutely love this or he's gonna hate it. But I, I feel like the the content he probably sat there and just smirked like nine or ten times is like oh my god if george hates this movie i think george is fired (laughs) no dude there's no way there'll be no george next week (laughs) there's no way bro he's ready i I was like yes he's finally ready for this movie (laughs) it took us a while to get here we had to build a foundation uh george initial thoughts from dusk till dawn all right well i mean initial thoughts it's not better than dude i couldn't (laughs) dude i couldn't stop smiling like, you know, Travis came to my place, you know, because obviously we record in my place. And, like, I opened the door and I'm like, I can't not smile. This movie just. <laughs> he was giving me the look like. <laughs> he gave, it, The look was he was trying to give me what the f- did you guys make me watch look. But he had, like, a grin enough to where I knew he was like, the fuck did you guys just make me watch? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah. Where were you and in I the almost... movie when Travis showed up, George? Uh, it was, uh, he, it was, he was done. done. You were done. Okay. Yeah. Just finished like five minutes. I had to rewatch prior. the ending before I came over. So I kind of, uh, I was, I didn't want to watch it with him because it's such a phenomenal ending and so out of the blue. Just you're not expecting that. Now, if we would have done like a bracket of vampire movies or whatever, you would have known it was coming. But wait, just, way better this, a, this way. This is a vampire yeah. movie? Oh, wait. Yeah, no. I only watched the first hour or so. It seemed like a pretty straightforward <laughs> kind of uh, road like a Quentin movie. Tarantino movie. It, yeah, yeah. It, it was like Pulp Fiction. It did, yeah. Act, uh, dude. That's what I was thinking through the through like the first half of the movie. I've actually never seen Quentin Tarantino act right like that. Like for that amount of time, I've seen him like. What was do the a, character a cameo he played in Pulp Fiction? Yeah, but a little creepier. Yeah, actually, I guess I have seen him act because I have seen that. But yeah, it's like the whole the whole beginning was like it's. It's so outrageous, but it's like these guys, these dudes are like super cool. Like, like when I say cool, like cool as a cucumber. Mm-hmm. Although, like Tarantino's character really isn't, but like Clooney <laughs> he's, is. He's a little, he's but a like, little bit of a sunny. But like, what, what I'm saying is, when they're walking away from the liquor store, right. and it's exploding in the background, and they're just and banter. they're not flinching, right? And he's like, and Clooney says something. Well, what does he say? Like low key, or like. You know, like I said, you know, right. low key. And keep he's it, yelling about it. Blah, How's your, blah. Has your fucking hand? Oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the thing's exploding in the background. Right. They're not even flinching. Mm-hmm. Like that is so Tarantino. Yeah. The first half of the movie was all like, it was all about like interactions between people, mm-hmm. which is exactly the kind of movie I love. It's why I love Tarantino movies because basically Tarantino movies are just that. Well, Rodriguez, I, I kind of feel it's unfair that we kind of threw you into a Rodriguez movie like this because you didn't see Desperado, which is what his like signature movie is. And okay. him and Tarantino are so f- similar in the way they film things and the way they present things. Yeah. But Tarantino's writing is totally different. Like, it's way headier. It's a lot more, you know, it's lyrical. It's very heavy in, in language. Uh, Rodriguez doesn't do that. But right. they, they write the same way. But the dialogue's not the same. Right. But in this movie, you get that banter, but it's not like long-winded like monologues like you would get with Tarantino. Right. But they, they're definitely from the same cloth. That's why they work together a lot. Definitely. But you got to see Desperado. We might have to do that yeah. movie. So what, what was the question again? I don't remember. It was first impressions. <laughs> okay, so I mean that was my first impression of the beginning of the movie. Right. Obviously, this is like 
This movie is two movies. Yeah, let's stick to movie one for a little bit here. Yes. Because movie two goes off the rails a little bit. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> well, it gets dude. a little wild toward the end. Once you start seeing boobs. So you want me to hold <laughs> off on movie number two for now? Well, yeah. I just need to know, George, the scene with the reporter outside the courtroom where they're tallying the murders like a football score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then did you notice who she talked to from the bureau? Because I knew you wouldn't. Mm. Yes. You didn't recognize the guy she talked to? Mm, who you was just it? just watched him like two weeks ago. Who was it? It's John Saxon, the dad from Nightmare on Elm Street. He popped up. We like, told oh, you God, you'd we... be seeing him soon, and we'd see him later this year, and then you did, and you forgot. <laughs> well, he was so mesmerized by Kelly Preston as a reporter. That was, that was him. I'm. I yeah. just thought of the character, like the the nerdy. Yeah, he was father. like, "We'll do whatever we need to do to to apprehend them." Basically, it yeah. was a very bit part. Like it was basically he probably stopped by the set to say hey, and they're like, "Hey, you want to play?" The- <laughs> yeah, yeah, put on this darker tie. Now you're an FBI yeah. guy. But John Can you Saxon. say how hot Kelly Preston is? I'm sorry. <laughs> She's so, wow. Who is she? She was the reporter. She's. I don't even remember, bro. Oh, my God. She's in a lot of movies. So you'll, you'll see. I don't even part. remember. The main chick, though. I've seen her in other things. Juliette Lewis. Yeah, I've seen her in other things. I recognized her. Yes. But I can't remember what. She's the, she's Audrey in Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation is probably what okay. you know her from. That's probably what I know her from. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm out in the yard in our pajamas. That girl. <laughs> what's funny about this movie and what's sad for George is that he doesn't have the frame of reference for George Clooney. Like, before this, he was doing rom-coms and he was on ER. So he was not known for dropping F-bombs and being a badass and having tats up his neck. Like, this was so out of the ordinary. I remember when this came out and he was in the trailer, people were like, Wait, what? I don't I don't have the 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 time period. Um right. I mean, you know who George version Clooney is. Of this, right. But I do know who George Clooney right. is and and I and I I know him as an actor that does not play in right. this kind of movie. So, when I saw him acting like this, I was impressed. Okay, good. I was like I I never seen him act like this and I I freaking love it. But I remember back then it was what year did this come out, Dan? Was this 95? 96. 96. Yeah, he, he, was, he had just come off of ER, or he was finishing ER, and I think he did like one fine day and a couple like just romantic comedies. Right. Like, just to come and do this, and he freaking killed it. Sure did. Killed it. Yeah. And then that's what's so frustrating about when he played Batman, was like, wait, where, where's that guy? <laughs> where's the guy that's a badass? And... uh yeah, he was my favorite part of his movie, by far, except for the bar scene. This character but, would have been a hell of a Batman. Yes. What the heck, guys? I know. What the heck? When they cast him, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, me too. I can see that. Yeah, it's yeah. so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had the same problem with, with Schumacher with Lost Boys. I'm like, how did the guy who made Lost Boys make Batman forever? Like. He knows how to do darkness. He knows how to do dark. He did Flatliners. Like, he had, he had done dark movies before. When and didn't he, he do 8mm? He did 8mm So, as well. yeah, he has yeah. a grip on that kind of... That gritty... Yeah. What? Ugh. What? <laughs> what? Hey, so, George, here's an interesting bit of trivia on George Clooney, since you don't know anything about Clooney in the olden days. He actually, uh, before ER, was on Roseanne for a significant yes. amount of time. Was he really? He was he on was. Facts of Life. And he was on another <laughs> was show really? called ER that was like a half hour comedy in the 80s. And if anybody knows where I can find that on DVD, my brain needs to see that show just to understand wow. how they could have a second show called ER. That. Yeah, it's E slash R. Good luck Googling that. Yeah. Because there's a slash in the middle. But Yeah, you can't really Google that. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Hi, this is Dan in Post. I managed to catch a couple clips of that old ER show on YouTube. Uh, Jason Alexander's there. George Clooney's wearing a leather vest for a lot of it. It's terrible. It's a bad show. I do still hope I can see more of it, though. Woof. But yeah, he was on. He was Joe's boyfriend, I think, on Facts of Life. That's where he first made his debut. So that's how long he's been around. And he was in uh, 
Killer Tomatoes, I Yeah, believe. we shouldn't take anything away from Return <laughs> of the Killer Tomatoes. That's what I was just about to say. He did have a couple of movie roles before Roseanne. Right. But, yeah. Who did he play on Roseanne? Was it was it the boyfriend of his sister? He was like the sister? diner boss. Oh, okay. Where they all worked. Yeah. And so kind of Ted Danson-y, and he had like sort of a Ted Danson hair. It's very weird if you go back yeah. and watch. No, I love Ted Danson. But then yeah. it's like dorky knockoff Ted Danson. It, you would never right. know that guy was going to be famous. But ER, Walmart. holy moly. Yeah. He knocked it out of the park on ER for years. The good one, not the old one. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Man, but Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, George Clooney. So good. Where is this guy in Batman and Robin? Yeah. I almost, I'd almost give him a shot. Like for mm-hmm. old Batman, as we talk about multiverses and stuff, like if he's down, let's give him another shot. I you would know. give him another shot with a good director. Definitely. I mean, imagine yeah. if you took that yeah. same world from Batman and Robin. This is copyright Dan, uh, remedial film class. <laughs> Take the Batman and Robin universe post some kind of cataclysm, right? Like the 9-11 of Gotham City just sends Batman into darkness. And now he's this guy from Dusk Till Dawn mm-hmm. with a cowl just kicking the hell out of people. Mm-hmm. Dude. I like it. I'm there. Sign me up. And you can't even get Robert Rodriguez to direct that because he's kind of soft now, too. He kind of went to the soft world. I he's mean... not hardcore anymore. Uh, Grindhouse, though, man. He's still got it in him. Yeah, but he like made all the Spy Kid movies and stuff, so he kind of has Well, he likes that. money, Travis. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> money is his friend. <laughs> that's true. And he's good at it. I mean, from what I understand, those good. movies are fun. Like He made a bad Predator movie, though. Which one did he make? I think he did Predators. Is that the one with Keegan Michael Key? Uh, the it's most the one recent with Adrian, one, Adrian Brody. Oh no, he didn't do that one, did yeah, he? Yeah, the Homeworld one. Yeah, that movie blows. That's like the worst <laughs> movie I saw this year. Yeah, we were very excited that he he got the nod because he had written the script back in the nineties for Predator Three, and then he never made it. Oh, he made made this instead. No. What? So speaking of money. What? My daughter was watching Zootopia today. Great movie. And there's a scene where I don't know what it was, like a possum maybe or some small rodent. Oh, the the Godfather stuff? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I watched the whole scene. <laughs> I <Awesome>. some. <laughs> I was like, movie. I love this shit. Like, I was like, oh, I get this now. I mean, I got it before, but I didn't really get it. Yeah. I thought I did, but now I really get it. It's so good. And I love how like, it's like the weasel or whatever it was. was he's like, like a shrew. It's like, I he think made, he's like a shrew. He made me an offer I couldn't refuse. <laughs> he offered me money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just have to jump in because I do not want to get sued for libel. Robert Rodriguez might have helped produce Predators, but he did oh, he not direct it. it. So, okay. phew. Actually, if he directed it, it probably would have been good. And instead, it probably would have been good. That yeah. might be the worst movie I watched this year. Guys, it's bad. Don't watch it. Mm. But it does have Derek Mears as a predator, so it's worth it for that reason. And Topher Gray, never mind, mm-hmm. never. Friend of the show. Friend Derek of the Mears. show, Derek Mears. Yep. Can we talk about Harvey Keitel a little bit? George, do you have any idea who Harvey Keitel is? I know that name. We've brought him up on the show before, but I don't know if you've ever seen his work. Mm, no. Well, he didn't. I... He saw him in uh, Pulp Fiction. He was the cleaner. Oh, yeah. But yeah. he's like huge and like the, was he in Re- Reservoir Dogs? I think he was in that as well. I believe so. Yeah. So he's like a, a constant badass in almost anything he does mm. to see him playing a mousy, you know, subdued character. It's kind of like watching, you know, Duvall or De Niro, like De Niro in Foxy Brown. You know, it's, it's weird seeing him take the, remember he was kind of like the second bit character in Foxy Brown? Jackie, Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown, not Foxy Brown. De Niro and Jackie Brown. We were what talking about do? how he was kind of what did he do in subtle. Jackie he was Brown? like the 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 asshole kind of hanging out at at uh, Sam Jackson's house, and he, he ends up stealing the girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yes, yes. Oh god. Yeah, to see them play like, how did I smaller. How did I forget parts, that? You can't. You shouldn't have. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> the character's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Yep. Yeah, Kaitel's the real deal. But this is him playing against type, right? Your expectation as an audience is that he is just, uh, you know. Speak softly and kick a lot of ass, badass guy. Mm-hmm. And then yep. he comes in here and he's a, a minister. Yeah, he Soft-spoken. has feelings and yeah. he's got morals. and But he's also he's, struggling. He's struggling. Yeah. yeah, he's a real person. Hell of an actor. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure. I, I, for some reason, I felt like they were trying to make a connection between 
his dead wife and the woman that the Gecko brothers ran over when they were <laughs> when when the in the newscast they're talking about how all the people they've killed and yeah. the, there was one woman who was part of a hit and run that they ran her over when they were escaping. Yeah. And I was like it felt like they were trying to connect that that was his wife that they ran over. No, 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 yeah. no, no. But then when he when he told the story that she was in a car accident. But then I was like, wait, I gotta go back and see the picture because I feel like they were making that connection that they were at fault for her his wife's death. But that would have been too on the nose. Well, no, and yeah. and they couldn't have because she was actually uh James Gum's sister and so she was also <laughs> the granddaughter of No, no, not not connected. No. No, I wasn't trying to do that. <laughs> Just would have been funny if they tried to make that connection. There's three people listening right now that thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they all have microphones in front of their face. Uh. <laughs> George, from the jump, you recognize uh. Quentin Tarantino. You were not surprised because he's in the credits. Like there was never a moment where you were like, "Oh, this guy's kind of crazy." Oh my god, that's Quentin Tarantino. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't see his his name in the credits at all. Um, but I recognized him because mm. I know what Tarantino looks like. Gotcha. And I was like, "Oh, I." He's acting like he's a real like mm-hmm. like full role here. This is cool. I quote him pretty much once a day from this movie. I always say to somebody, I'm like, it's cool, S.A., it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love when he does that. It's cool, S.A., it's cool. Dude, when he like picks up his hand in the car, you can see right through it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Now, did you notice the credit that was on screen as he's lifting his hand up? Because it was very intentional. The credit? Was it Jesus? No, they were crediting <laughs> uh, Kurt oh. Singer, Nicotero, and Nicotero, Berger. Nicotero, yeah. Because they didn't right. credit them as, as K and B. They credited the full names. I think that's just right. early in their run. But they're crediting the special effects crew as he's looking through the hand, which is a pretty cool nod. Ah, uh, so you caught? Did you yeah. catch that at all, George? That Nicotero no. is involved. Your boy. Yeah, Nicotero no, well. you know I didn't. I I didn't. I didn't look or read the credits. I've I've stopped looking and reading the credits right. because I don't want to know. Like, it, it's kind of like a like a first blood thing. Like, yeah, just I don't want to see Sylvester Stallone on the screen. Right. Like the name. I don't. I just. I just want to see the 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 actor, the character, and be like, "Oh, I know that guy." Right. Like, so I no, I had, I didn't even see Nicotero's name, but all with all the effects that I was watching, mostly in the second half, but also right. a little bit of the first. Yeah, there's plenty I, of effects. I did think, I did think of Nicotero. Did you think of Tom Savini? I definitely did. Okay. I saw Tom Savini. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> I wasn't sure. He was right next to Johnny Depp. Dude. It's <laughs> like Did you see Nicotero? No. Where was Nicotero? He was at the Nicotero table, was... pulled a knife on Savini. Oh, that Savini was the guy with the stick luscious gun. blonde locks assist down and he wh- he takes a little whip and takes his beer out of his hand. Yeah. And yeah, I know yeah, the guy. Yeah, and he pulls the knife and, and then, then the Nic- sex machine then, guns. Yep. He pulls the <laughs> he pulls whatever that contraption was. Um yeah. I didn't recognize Nicotero. I don't really. I mean, yeah. I've seen Nicotero totally a handful. I've seen him a handful of times on Talking Dead, but like I, well, he looks like he did in Day of the Dead when okay. he was in yeah. Day of the Dead. So this was like ten years later. He still had some weight to him, and yeah. obviously looked a lot younger. Did not recognize Nicotero, but I sure as hell recognized Tom Savini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one better. of the yeah. uh, <laughs> one of the great shames of From Dusk Till Dawn. Is the advertising campaign? Yes. Very much knew that Salma Hayek was a a marketable Monster. a marketable quantity, right? Yes. So they hit the commercial with her dancing in that bikini thing, mm. and it worked, and they made a lot of money. But I kind of prefer the way that we marketed this to George, which was here, here's this movie, mm-hmm. and then for an hour, George thinks he's watching Quentin Tarantino. Right, dude. You guys got me. Well, in the trailer, they Seriously. show you that they turn. That's and what that I mean. Like, they give the whole thing off. away. And that should not have been revealed. Granted, you kind of have to get there. No. You're going to get people come see that movie having George Clooney, who was a pretty hot commodity at the time. Like, he was, like, world's sexiest man to People's Magazine. Like, he was yeah. a big star. Uh, you have Tarantino coming off of uh, Pulp Fiction and, I think, Kill Bill. 
Yeah, he was dude. A household you, name. Dude, if you if you include transformations or vampires or anything in the trailer or the marketing for this movie, it's a, failure. It's a bad decision. And that's what they did. That's terrible. Yeah. That they that did. means that means I had a very unique experience yes. watching this movie. Even the people that watched this movie knew. when it came out knew what it what was going on. Mm-hmm. I am so thankful. You should be very excited. Dude, <laughs> I, again, I'm grinning. I can't not grin yeah. right now. That's one of, That ranks up there with revealing Michael Myers was an eight-year-old killer. Like, not quite. Not for But me. what I'm saying, like in a trailer. Oh, in the trailer. Yeah, in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's something that should have been a reveal to the audience while they're watching the movie. The vampire stuff sure. should have been revealed as part of the movie, not in the trailer. There's not nothing at all, no. That sells that movie more than the actors. You have Harvey Keitel. You have Juliet Lewis, who was coming off of like I think uh, Natural Born Killers. Yeah, dude. And... It's, you know what it is. You, you know what it is. It's like here's this new movie. It's called The Sixth Sense. And oh, by the way, Bruce Willis is dead the whole right, time. Right. Here's Spoilers. the movie. Spoilers. Like, <laughs> absolutely, uh, I agree. What? Yeah. I think that was the last time I I was this surprised at a movie until now. Uh, I'm patting you on the back, Dan, because that was something that we did discuss. We were like, uh, do we lump this in a in a block of vampire movies? or And then we're like, well, no, because it kind of, the reveal is part of the awesome, So, and we decided we're just going to pop it in there. <laughs> this would have been a good first movie for a whole slew of vampire yes. movies, the first one, and up and like, and I don't know that I'm watching a right. bunch of vampire movies until this episode and you say oh by the way we have like 12 more of these to show you yes hmm funny you should say that no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> well i'm really happy to hear it worked because as, as i was watching it today because the last time I, I hadn't watched it for a long time watched it maybe six months ago and loved it and was excited to do it on the show but it was today thinking about it through george's shoes i was thinking damn george is gonna think this is a tarantino movie mm-hmm. like this is gonna work george is gonna hate it when it twists but it's gonna be worth it and instead you liked it, and that's even better. Yeah. I did hate it for a minute. You have to. Pro- probably a solid minute. But then you, I hated you, it. you hated, you loved the, the obnoxiousness of it. <laughs> like it became, <laughs> exactly. It, it was like Shaun of the Dead. Exactly. We, they knew what movie they were. So yep. anything outlandish. It was making... like, yeah, it was like Tarantino, and then all of a sudden it's Scream. Right. Like a movie that's very aware of itself. Right. But more like Shaun of the Dead because if if you didn't if you didn't buy into that half that movie you're just rolling your eyes. Yeah. But because you bought into it, it's one of your favorite movies. So same thing with American Werewolf. You could you can totally buy into it, or you'd be like, yeah, I don't want to laugh during my my monster movies. So then you hate it. Yeah. So with this, it knew that once, and they knew right away. They put all the makeup artists in there as bikers. They have uh, uh, Machete in there, uh, Trujillo, is that how you say his name? Danny Trejo. Trejo, who's an icon in Rodriguez movies. Uh, he the Fred, he who, was the bartender. He was the bartender, that's what I thought. Uh, Fred Williamson, who was the black guy, who was like a... Uh, he was someone that I figured I should know, but I didn't. He's like uh, I figured he was black big. exploitation movies, like he's... He's an icon. He's kind of like... I figured. Pam, Pam Greer. He's like the male Pam Greer okay. of the time. And he's a former Kansas City chief. Watch right. out. What? He's a safety. They called him the Hammer. Like, that's a pretty Hammer. cool name. Yeah. That's so. what they should have called him here. He's so good, And then ch- freaking Cheech Marin plays two, three characters in this movie. Yeah. Three characters, yeah. And it's like, it just needed some... Tommy Chong needed to be in there somewhere. Maybe he was. I don't know, but... <laughs> he but might have been. I love again. Cheech Marin was at that time was just everywhere. It was like at the peak of his career, where he was able to do things on his own. He did multiple movies in the '90s, so it's like he was a good get. This reminded me of like, uh, well, it's not zombies; it's vampires. But it was like a vampire version or like zombie version of like The Expendables, right? But not with characters. Well, yeah, with characters, but also all with character like, actors. Like this whole yeah. movie's full of character actors, except for Clooney. Yeah. Do we lose Dan? 
No, I'm still here. I'm just basking in. I heard an echo. I was like, wait, uh oh. Nope, just basking (laughs) in how fun this movie was. Fred Williamson body slamming four strippers onto (laughs) four different table legs. Wow. Yeah. Was he even sure they were vampires at that point, or was he just? I don't think he gave a shit. (laughs) (laughs) If these were the way they did the bikers in Dawn of the Dead, I would have completely loved it. But they didn't. But they, they don't they... do this movie if they don't have Dawn of the Dead. Like, one thing right. about these... No, I agree. These vampires are closer to zombies in terms mm-hmm. of uh, the execution than you see vampire movies at this time. Like, mm-hmm. this is in very, very many terms a mix of kind of vampirism and zombie uh, execution in terms of plot and the kind of final Alamo thing that's very much a zombie movie thing. More yep. than a vampire movie thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, one of the weirder things is until Romero, zombies are not vampiric, right? They're they're mind yeah. controlled and and you know, it's not a disease or whatever spread by the bites. So if anything, Romero was borrowing from vampirism for Night of the Living Dead, and so now you kind of come full circle as these are vampires, but let's sprinkle in a little zombie lore and zombie trope just to. Hammer home yeah. the big fight. And I love how they work in the trope of, or the you know tradition of vampires where you can't, they can't enter unless they're invited. Yes. And they kind of touch on that if you're aware of that when the bartender says, you know, you're not, you're not welcome here. You're, you're not supposed to be here. You're not one of us. You're not whatever. But then the switch is like once he basically says I do belong. Because I'm a truck driver, this and that. Well, yeah, he says I want to. I want to. You know, basically, he says I want to be here. He doesn't right. say that those exact words, but he so says they want bikers and truckers because they want that's their meals. That's where they're going to get their meals. Right? Because they're travelers. They're coming through constantly. No one's going to miss them. Right. Yeah. Well, they'll be missed, but it's like it's just a constant convoy of meat coming through there. So he basically signed their death warrant when he said. No, we are truckers. Like they, they should have been saved. They should have not gone in. Pride cometh before Pride, the fall yep. or whatever. <laughs> he was a proud trucker Clooney. man. Yep. That uh, I, I I'm gonna probably go home tonight and watch it again. <laughs> like I forgot how good it was. It's getting a four K release soon. I'm very excited. Nice. That's a day one buy for me. I mean it's it's Salma Hayek at her prime. It's uh, and, and how good is the kid? Like I don't remember him being in anything else, but man, he held his own. Wait, what kid? The Kaitel's uh son, the brother the, of the, Juliet Lewis. The brother of Juliet Lewis. Like he's on screen with some major screen icons. I thought he was he, terrible. He do? Yeah. I thought he held his own. Terrible. Well, he didn't really do much acting. But, terrible. I, mean, I don't know. I know if it was me, I'd be freaking scared shitless being on screen with all those people. Sure. I I think he played the, the kid role well. Like, he was uncomfortable. Well, I think he did it on purpose. It might have been a direction. I don't know. No. He was... He, well, I mean, listen. Opinions are like assholes, but yeah. my opinion was that he was terrible. I was like, yeah. get him off the screen. Well, they didn't give him a lot to You do. know what he was? He was like... Uh, what was that kid's name? Timmy or Tommy in The Walking Dead? Oh. <laughs> that when he finally, when he's, Mom? Yeah. Mom? Like when he finally got bit, you were like, Yes! The kid's <laughs> dead! Because everyone hated the kid. That's how I felt about. That's like the boyfriend Jacob of Sean of the or Dead. Jake or whatever. The one who likes Liz. Oh. <laughs> when, he fin- when he finally gets eaten, you're like, Yes! Yes! Make sure you shoot him on the way out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just don't do a headshot because I still want to see him eating. Yeah. And he gets gutted Dude. pretty good in that, if yeah. I remember right. That's pretty gross. So you get your comeuppance, yeah. or he does at least. I guess we're going to the end. I love the weapon that he has too. The Clooney makes that, that jackhammer. The jackhammer with yeah. the, the wood spear. It's so ridiculous. It feels yeah, very how does evil that even, dead. Yeah. How does it even work? But okay. No, yeah, it it's does. Cool. It goes, it's the, it's the mid 90s, like you said, it's like Army Darkness. Time period. Yeah. Uh, what's what's another one? It's kind of like uh. Well, and it it gets kind of echoed in the first part of Grindhouse with the machine gun leg. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. It's definitely a Rodriguez thing. Which I'm fine with. I like everything that guy does. He's so cool. Oh, me too. 
even his like cooking school special features on the Blu-rays. Have you ever watched any of those? Oh, really? Yeah, he, <laughs> just because he, he'll teach you how to cook like different dishes just for fun as an extra. See, now I feel like we need to introduce you to uh, Antonio Banderas. Okay, I'm down. Like prime. Can we talk about their weapons? Sure. Their weapons were so cool. Yeah. Like the preacher has the cross that's also a shotgun. Mm -hmm. And I know they weren't shotgun shells, but like all the bullets that they had, they like carved crosses into. Dude. In a lot of ways. That's so good. The (laughs) last scene of the movie, like the final big fight, right? It breaks down into like a a Dungeons and Dragons kind of game where everybody Mm. has their role in their class and their attack based on what they do, you know? It's very yeah. much just like a tabletop game. Well, I like the fact that it, he felt, when he was driving with his family, he, he basically was talking about how he lost his purpose and lost his worth and all that stuff. And then in the end, he had his purpose and the fact that he was an, or, an ordained minister, he was able to bless the bullets, he was able to bless everything yep. and make it relic type stuff so that they could fight the undead. Pretty sweet. So he found his purpose. Yeah. But then he bit it. Luckily, Sex Machine was there to protect him for a little while with his <laughs> dick gun. <laughs> That's true. I love how he was trying to conceal the fact that he was a vampire. <laughs> 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 That's like my favorite. I mean, he's not a. Tom Savini's not a De Niro. He's not. Friend of the show, you know, Tom Savini. I know. He has his style. Whenever he's in a movie, he's always playing Tom Savini. Yeah. <laughs> he has one shot where he's in the background. Like, he's out of focus. Yes. But he's reacting so over the top, just like mouth agape, <laughs> wide, wide-eyed at something happening in the foreground. Oh, my God. He's so funny. Yeah. I love Tom he's Savini. Like the, he's like the... There, there's a whole compilation on, on YouTube of extras in movies that are just like... <laughs> you're like, dude... You had one job. Yeah. <laughs> just act. You're, you're guy number 73 in line. You just, don't have to act, be like, Just act normal. <laughs> yeah, just, just act normal. You don't have to sell it. Don't play to the guy in the back of the room. But yeah, when he's like, it, it, it reminded me of, I know. I thought it was good. I mean, I didn't yeah. think it was bad. It was silly, but it was good. Dan, do you think we'll ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Negative. Like the Christy Swanson version? Probably not, but may, I mean, okay. maybe. So it reminded me of, and it's kind of the same time period. Uh, Pee Wee Herman, mm-hmm. Paul, Paul Rubens plays a vampire in that movie. Okay. And he has a death scene. <laughs> okay. And he gets stabbed with a stake, but he's like pretending to die. And he's like, ooh, uh, and he looks to see if they're still watching him. And he's like, ah, and he starts kicking the wall. Like it's just obnoxious. And <laughs> every, every time I see Tom Savini do that. <laughs> Stuff in the background, I think of of Paul Rubens. It's it's a funny scene. Yeah, Rubens is just trying to get the the guy to get a yellow card, right? Just uh, I'm dying. Oh, I don't. I'm not gonna get the call. Okay, I'm fine. I'm bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that uh, concealing the bite. That I mean, that is straight up every zombie movie, right? Like that's yeah, not yeah. really a vampire movie thing, from what I've seen. Like, no, that's just a yeah. We're having fun here. It's kind of zombie movie. It's kind of a vampire movie. Well, it's Nicotero. It's it's like all the zombie guys got to do this movie, so they're like, yeah, I can make this look way better if we just go this route. Well, you know, and it, it, one thing you're never going to get in, well, uh, never say never, but one thing I've never seen in a zombie movie to date is a guitar made of a dead guy's torso <laughs> with some you... big fleshy thing jammed up his butt. Like, I don't know what the neck uh, of the guitar is, but all right. <laughs> When I saw that, I was like, oh, here goes a half-hour guitar talk we're going to have. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be a little different. I think that um, they used that particular body because he had- Was like, that a Gibson? He had a piezo <laughs> in his neck <laughs> is the reason why. Actually, it sounds the same as the one I've got, I think. It sounds yeah. exactly the same as your PRS because sure every piezo sounds the same. That's really funny. That's funny. <laughs> that band was somebody too I no it was a warlock was. or an ltd or something they rocked really hard though man yeah like, the music somebody. in this movie is very good you know i was thinking that too that the band was really good yeah i can't remember the name of the band it's probably in, that, in, the in credits, that in but. that bar i was like you don't get this kind of you know live music at a bar generally especially one that's a strip club slash vampire den 
called the Titty Although Twister. Although <laughs> Blues Brothers was a pretty good bar band. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but Blues Brothers didn't do any sexy songs. The the sexy song they do in this movie, it's just like rocks. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah it really does. It's got a groove to it that you're like, man, they can't fake this. Like, this is real music. Yeah, cool, very good. And then you know the Salma Hayek thing. She made a mm. lot of people come to the theater to watch this movie, even though Damn. it had to turn and ruin the end of the movie for everybody that went to see it. But yeah, but they like they making money on these movies. Yeah, but they could have shown her in the trailer without the transformation, and it would have sold tickets. Yeah, I mean, that she, might be true. I don't think at that time there was anybody hotter than her at, in the early mid '90s. But she was she was in Desperado. That's kind of where she got her start, and that was maybe what three years prior to this. That was like '92. Yeah, yeah, thereabouts. So yeah, that she would have sold plenty of tickets just showing her with that snake. You didn't have to show the transformation at all. Yeah. And I like the whole Aztec thing. Like, you don't think about that they're all wearing headdress and all that stuff, the dancers, and then at the very end they show you the the platform pyramid, which just tells you how long they've been there. This is how we were supposed to gush over Godfather 2. <laughs> I actually, I did a little extra curricular. I was poking around on YouTube, you know, trying to figure out, like, what is it that I was missing in Godfather 2 that I should have seen? And I I remained unconvinced. I, you know, mm. I, I saw some big breakdowns of the giant conspiracy, you know. And it was fine. It was nice to hear it all stated in one place. But there's a part where the, I don't, it's been a few weeks now. I don't remember the specific issue I had with the conspiracy. But when the video got to that part, they were just like, and then some stuff, and then the next part of the conspiracy, I'm like, oh, yeah, you don't get it either. Like, that part sucks. <laughs> Thank you for making this video to back that up. And it's uh, fine, right? Good. Wa- I'll sure. watch it again. I'll probably watch it again sooner because I disliked it more this time, and I want to just give it another shot. What was the... I, I actually feel like I should watch yeah, that movie again, too. Yeah, what's the conspiracy? The big thing where it's like, Michael says it's everybody. But then he supposedly knows, or maybe he doesn't know. But then he maybe he knew the whole time. But maybe he just finds out when Fredo says the thing. But then the guy that gets strangled in the bar, like Michael Corleone, says hello. But actually, Michael didn't send him to get killed. But the movie never establishes that. So you're supposed to think that Michael did it. That was an improv line. But then now, no, they're saying it wasn't an improv line because that. And actually, it doesn't make sense that it would be improv because, taken on the face of it, you would then think you know at the end that the. What's his name? Who's the big the big bad in Danny, that movie? It's, it's oh the big bad, the Floridian a, guy, um, oh, um, the old yeah. guy, whoever he is, yeah. who's always on his deathbed H- for thirty Hy- years. Hyman. Hyman. Yeah. So Hyman sends that guy to say Michael Corleone says hello, and that's why he survives that in- inexplicably survives the murder attempt. So, yeah. but they're trying well, to con- they're trying to say that the cop was set up by Hyman, as was. The guy who said Michael Corleone says hello so that this perfectly executed plan with no wiggle room would happen so that guy would turn state's witness and take down my... I'm just like, this is exhausting. Well, the the lore is, they call it the Aiello event or something. Danny Aiello, who becomes a big major actor, he's the one that says, Mike, Michael Corleone says hello or whatever. They've all confirmed that that's not in the script, and he said that, and he, they kept it. That's why it, it threw so many things out of whack, because it's kind of like the abortion thing where they it was on the fly, and it changed the story. Last minute. That's thing. a Last big mess. Thing. Yeah, I mean, you, you yeah. can't let people change your st- I mean, can you imagine no, he, in, like, <laughs> in the first... It was first, all about... He, <laughs> imagining he Godfather wanted, 1, if Sonny all of a sudden was like, I'm not really your son, and I'm... <laughs> it's like, wait, no, you can't. We just... Oh, oh God. Change the story. Yeah, apparently he the, the SAG rules are if you don't say anything on screen, you don't get credit. You don't get Oh, uh, so the story so is he that he did it just to... out the line. Oh, he funny. wanted his card. Which mm. worked out because ILO became a huge actor, Oscar nominated, blah blah blah. But I mean, in some ways, you could argue that like it mirrors real life in that chaos exists, and that moment, you know, whether he was sent by Hyman to say Michael Corleone to set up the guy who they didn't kill to become a state's witness to take down Michael Corleone, or if he wasn't supposed to say it but he did, 
but it was just happenstance that the cop actually just happened to walk in on them trying to kill a guy. Mm. But then, like, Michael didn't order that hit. So even if the guy doesn't say Michael says hello, that hit, if Michael didn't order it, doesn't... Like, mm-hmm. you're you're playing with fire making a movie that kind of convoluted, right? It's not complex. It's just hard to keep track of. And it seems at times that you really don't know what you're getting toward. You're just trying to get stuff in the can and then mm. tie it together later as a narrative. But here we are three, week, three weeks later and we're still talking about it. I so. mean, it's in my head now, man. <laughs> I think it's because we want to love it. Yeah, I want it to be good, man. Well, I know a lot of people said they hated it the first time they watched it and then they watched it again. So, I mean, I, it, it does deserve a second watch, but not a second time on the episodes. No. We need to do like one giant episode covering <laughs> RoboCop, Godfather's Two, yeah, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Give them all a second look, just a re a review and redo, but one episode well, of all the movies. We'll do it the night we watch uh, Butt Butt Work. Butt Work. <laughs> Someone to tell Tom Savini that the blood in this movie looks really good. <laughs> Even the green blood looks good, yeah. like the green three M. Is b- even better it's than the shit. red. Well, I think it's 4M. I think is what, how they fixed it. 4M. Ah. The only thing that's kind of dated in this movie is the uh, CGI transformations. Yeah. They kind of were glitchy. But, but they're the so ma- quick. The makeup was amazing. You know, they yeah. don't like... Because I, I was sitting there watching, I was like, okay, she's about to transform. How bitchy is George going to get? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? It's so fast. They don't rely right. on the computer as much as like Spawn did around the right. same time or Mortal right. Kombat, right? Where it's mm-hmm. just, it's laughably bad CGI. This was CGI used right, which is to get you from one practical to a second practical. Mm-hmm. It was like T2. Yeah. The way T2, they were like, all right, we have this technology. We're going to use it just at the right s- spots and that'll be fine. So you don't overexpose, right? Right. <sighs> yeah, th- there were certain things that, you know, in the transformations when, you know, I kind of, that kind of brought me out of the movie for a second. Yeah. But then again, like, there's enough practical. I had in it. to take all of the practical. Yeah. Into account when I'm when I'm when we're talking about the effects. You don't get much better mm-hmm. practical than this. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so good that like the little bit of CGI that was there that you could tell, like things that just didn't like quite look right. And you're right, they only lasted for a second. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like when was, they melted into the ground, you kind of saw like the, it was almost like watching Michael Jackson remember the time video where something morphs into something else. Yeah. And it's like real quick and it's, it's not, it's forgivable because the practical's so good. Right. And don't yeah. forget the part where the guy's eyeballs roll down the corner pockets of the pool table. <laughs> That's so silly. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. Some of the best practical was like, there were, there were multiple shots where one of the characters would be stabbing you know with a with a stake and you're looking at it from the point of view of the of the I almost said zombie of the vampire being stabbed mm-hmm. and there's like like Splurted. squirts yeah. of <laughs> oh, like God. green yeah. this movie has Nicotero all over it <laughs> dude it's so good man <laughs> i can imagine like savini standing there basically realizing he wasn't part of the effects but just reveling in the fact that this is a product of the 10 or 15 years of him and Nicotero collaborating. I was going to ask that. How long had Nicotero and Savini been together at this point? Because... Well, like like Dan said, it wasn't billed as K&B, so it was probably before they became K&B. So this is probably maybe a year or two after they They joined up Savini. before... Remember, though, Jason Goes to Hell is like 93. Okay. Three or ninety four, yeah. So they they they're a couple of years into the run, but they're not yet established as the force that they will be. Right. Although I think this movie probably did a whole hell of a lot to get them I'm to sure. that point. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the practical is pretty freaking sweet. And what's funny is the time period is Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show era. Right. Angel, like all those vampires are all over TV, and they all had that same foam eye appliances which made their eyebrows look real big mm-hmm. and it basically was the when they transformed and they just took it this, like a step further like okay we're going to do appliances but some they're all going to look different like uh 
Danny Trejo kind of looked like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer from a TV show, Vampire. But then you had somebody, some of them wearing full costumes. Some look like snakes. Like they just kind of, they changed it up a lot. It was kind of yeah, like Space perfect. Jam. Kind of. Kind of. What's his name? Savini turned into an R-O-U-S? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I rode into an unusual size. Yes. That was pretty funny. And he, he burned uh, Princess Bride style, which I think you have to do, right? If you have a giant yeah. rodent, you have to burn it. Yep. <laughs> and then Dan, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fred Williamson's vampire looked more like the Night Flyer, like Stephen King Night Flyer vampire, where he had like this, uh, what was that movie? I think one of the Blade movies, the vampires had like a detachable face where they could really unhook their jaw and really wrap around what they're biting. You know what he yeah, looked like, like, man? Because I love Fred Williamson, but he looked like a Goomba from the Super Mario Brothers movie, yeah. and I couldn't not see that. See, back then I was thinking more like Rawhead Rex, because that was kind of a a B horror movie back at the time, and it had the same kind of look. But yeah, the Goomba, it definitely has a Goomba look. Can we watch that next? That's a terrible movie. <laughs> I don't know if I could get through that. My kid the other day, he was like, hey, I want to watch a movie tonight. you know. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Do uh, you, you want me to pick it? He's like, yeah, as long as it's not weird like that Mario movie. Ugh. I'd rather watch like Masters of the Universe, which is still unforgivable, but way better than Mario Brothers. Ugh. Haters gonna hate. No, it is terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> it's and it tries so hard to be like the Batman Begins of Mario, and then it just... Yeah. What? And and they had two good actors. It's it's almost like a waste. A three. Because it's got Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Uh, Bob Hoskins and... Like Wazama. Like Wazama. Yeah. They just missed opportunity. Bad director. Bad lot of things. Bad lot of things. I like that because my kid nice. has better taste than I do. He also hates new metal. Anytime I play something from Corn, he's like, "Oh, good new metal, turn it off." I'm like, all right, <laughs> good I mean, kid. You're, you're right. I should. It's funny. Good kid. Raising him right, man. Is this your oldest kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a good. Kid. Yeah, he's eight, going on twenty-five. Hmm. Yeah, I got one of those. Now he's approaching twenty-five. But when he was eight, he was going on twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> He was so much older then. He's younger than that now. Mm. What else do we say? What else can you I say about know. this movie? It rocks hard, man. What do you think about the ending, George? It was consistent. I would have liked to see her go with him. That's why I say it was consistent. You know, he yeah. says he says in the RV um, that, you know, listen, I don't care about your family. Right. I don't care if you live. Uh, if, you, if you died this second, I wouldn't care. And... Even at the very end, just the fact that he throws her a couple thousand bucks. Yeah, he should have given her more. Didn't they rob a bank? Yeah. But a couple thousand bucks shows... Yeah, just killed your shows, brother and your father. Yeah, shows he cares, right? Yeah. Shows he cares, but he doesn't care that much. Right. So, yes, he is consistent. It's, it's consistent. I love it. They were at at when this movie came out. They were actually talking about making a prequel of just those two guys, because I would watch an entire trilogy of them too. So would I. Even now, I'd like to see them revisited. I mean, Clooney's not what he used to be, but yeah. he's a good enough actor where he could he could pull it together and do something. He's my old Batman. Watch your mouth. Hey, so yeah. here's the thing. Friend though. of the show. So <laughs> the uh, the movie has like no arc for the characters. So mm. I think expanding it into a trilogy doesn't make a lot of sense because we've just established like this guy lost his brother and killed a whole family and he didn't change. Like what's his arc going to be for the first two movies? I don't know. No, a prequel I think would would give you a lot of room to build up to how he got it would almost be like a here's Negan kind of thing where you get to see where these guys come from and how they got to that point. There's plenty well, of story there. I disagree with Dan. He did change. Well, he changed once they went over the border. He changed. No, he <laughs> changed. This experience changed him, but not so much that he wasn't him. Right. Anymore. Like, you know, like. Well, he's still a shitty person. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He's here's a couple less, thousand less bucks. Shitty. Sorry for sh <laughs> fucking up your life. Right. You know. I know I kidnapped your family. Get lost. Brought you into this, but yeah, here's a couple thousand. 
how the hell does she get across the border? Like, what's her experience 10 minutes after this movie or uh, two right. two days after this movie when she finally gets back to the U.S. border, covered in blood, family well, she missing? She with Woody Harrelson. <laughs> and then you get, you know, Natural Born Killer. Or Javier Bardem, and you get either No Country for Old Men or right. uh, Perdita de Rengo, which I want to watch with you guys at some point. Holy mackerel. Hmm. That would be a fun sequel to see what happened after that with her. She just like walks across the border, throws the suitcase full of money over the border wall, plans on coming back for it later, runs into a different Woody Harrelson. It's a whole thing. Mm. What's he doing around the border all the time? Woody. I don't know. Well, cheers closed. So God, that would be a yeah, hell but this, of a... This bar's better. Hmm? This bar's better. Hmm. Turns out that uh, Woody owns the titty twister. He <laughs> left Cheers <laughs> to strike Sam out along. on his own. <laughs> left Sam behind and opened a bar of his own in Mexico so he wouldn't have to pay taxes. Kirstie Alley's a featured dancer. Oh. <laughs> Shelly Long is actually Cheech Marin. <laughs> no, that's Carla. <laughs> Carla would be Cheech Marin. Oh, shit. We just... I'd watch that. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> or Danny DeVito. Holy moly. Mm. Well, I think for once we actually found one that everybody agreed on. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, we got to fuck this up next week. Find a <laughs> movie somebody hates. <laughs> George, have you ever seen Weird Science? Nope. Do you know what Weird Science is? Mm, do you have nope. any knowledge of it nope nice yeah yeah it's, yeah let's do it alright sounds good so next week you're going to be watching a movie <laughs> <laughs> about a kid no. hmm this should be pretty interesting yeah I'm going to be interested to yeah. see how this plays hmm hmm, hmm. sounds good Let's do it. Weird awesome. science. Hum. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Remedial Film Pod. You can find us at Twitter and Instagram at Remedial Film Pod. And you could email us remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. If you're watching this video on YouTube, we're also on every podcatcher imaginable, so just check out the Remedial Film Class podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find audio podcasts. And heck, if you're listening on your phone or on an audio platform, we're on YouTube. Jump on over and check out the extra features we throw into the videos. We'll see you next week with the 1980s classic comedy Weird Science. (laughs) 